0: Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, knitting, cross-stitching, what I'm reading and watching, a little bit about self-care, productivity, and keeping a cozy, organized home. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so grab yours, and let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 99. Welcome! Welcome! It's good to be back! man, I did not mean to take what is uh, demanding to about a two-month break from this podcast. I knew that podcasting in February was going to be tricky, um, but here we are mid-March, so I always said that I was not going to apologize (laughs) for not recording as if you know, anything revolves around this podcast, but I, I did not mean to uh, take such a long break, but it is good to be back. I'm coming to you, uh, kind of early on a Sunday morning. So early, in fact, that I'm just still wearing pajamas. I'm like, I'm going to sit down and record this morning. And then I've got the rest of the day to do my thing. And, uh, edit and make show notes and and get it posted so hopefully by the end of the day on march 19th 2023 this will go up it is raining again here in southern california i didn't even know it was supposed to rain today the rain the rain has been relentless absolutely relentless and i'm not complaining and here where i live um we were made to drain so we're not having any flooding issues but i know that is not true of everywhere um So we are just kind of all adjusting. I'm looking out the window at the grass in the backyard, which is, I don't know, 80 to 90 percent green again, where it was, I don't know, 95 percent dead (laughs) in December. Um, It's not it's not the grass that died, though, for the most part. It's kind of a whole weedy conglomeration of many different things, but you know, it's green and, um, it's so much nicer to look out on than the dead grass. So, and we, the, where we live, the watering restrictions, not that we have needed to water, um, have been lifted so that we can go back to watering twice a week. So we're making the decision about, I don't think we're going to do anything with the yard this year. We need to make a long-term more water responsible plan for the yard, but I'm just, I'm Um, that's something I'm not thinking about until next year so I think we'll just try to keep it green and reasonable for this year Um, which is good because last year when everything was just brown it really sucked the joy out of me spending time out there which is my favorite place to be in the backyard Um, and so uh, hopefully this will you know just make it a, a nicer environment this year So, um, yeah, part of the reason it took me so long to record is I did some traveling in February. I I went to Orlando on a work trip, which was, um, I'm very glad I went on. I was so afraid that I was going to get, not so afraid, in the back of my mind. I was uh, worried that I would get COVID and then I could not go to QuiltCon, but luckily that did not happen. And nor did I get COVID at QuiltCon, which a lot of people did. <laughs> um, so we really lucked out there. Um, so I've never been to Atlanta. That was fun. So I'll just talk a little bit about QuiltCon right now. I I'm, I'm kind of feel like everyone's probably sick. If you're a quilter, you're sick of QuiltCon Roundup. So I'm just going to give you some quick overviews of my kind of thoughts and, and what happened there. Oh, I'm looking down at my cup of tea. I always forget to talk about my cup of tea. Um, I today am drinking a new-to-me tea. I was over at Amazon Fresh. We have an Amazon Fresh grocery store, which is like one of those weird stores where you just go through, you put things in your bag as you as you shop, and then you just walk out, and it all tallies up, it's crazy, Um, but I need to do a return there, and that is the one place where I can buy this um, mango ginger tea that I drink in the mornings when I'm working, because it doesn't have caffeine, and it doesn't hurt my stomach, and so it's the only place I can get it right now, so I get a couple boxes of that, and then there's this green tea kombucha, also by Yogi, Um, and so I'm trying that, and it's It's pretty good. It does have caffeine, though, so we'll see how that goes, but I'm drinking Yogi Green Tea Kombucha. Anyways, back to QuiltCon. I think I I talked about this probably in previous podcasts, who knows, but I shared an Airbnb with my little group of quilty friends, Frances from the Off-Kilter Quilt, Patty from Elm Street Quilts, and Jen from Quilt and Jenny. And it was so much fun. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but the it's a, it was a little craftsman style. I want to call it a bungalow. <laughs> it was so pretty. And it had been recently used in a movie, as a movie set for an upcoming movie with H- Anne Hathaway. The, the name is escaping me right now, but um, that was very exciting to us. And so it was all just really done up very beautifully. I one night talked to my husband in this little outdoor porch area. And I mean, you know, it was just a, a gorgeous a gorgeous house. So that was really fun. And that, you know, that just lent itself to hanging out at night, drinking wine, just chatting about, you know, life. And then um, after the show, you know, lots of um, chatting about the the quilt show and modern quilting. Uh, One night we went out to dinner with um, Holly Ann over at String and Story. And uh, she's, she actually, um, in past Quilt Cons, has stayed with Jen and Francis, but uh, Atlanta is her her hometown there. And plus, she's got a whole business to run. <laughs> so she had her own place. But um, she ke- we went out to dinner and then back to our little um, house and just spent hours just drinking wine and chatting and eating chocolate and talking about modern quilting in general and specific. And it was absolutely wonderful. It's just so fun to chat with a group of people that just like really are passionate about the same topic and I mean I you know I feel a little bit out of my league on modern quilting it was funny because I was telling Frances you know like I've never even made a modern quilt which is absolutely not true I've made like three it turns out (laughs) but I guess I've never designed a modern quilt which is something I would like to do Um, so it was the show was absolutely um, just full of inspiration in past quilt cons I have, in some ways, felt a little defeated because the, sh- the, the quilts are so spectacular, many of them, that you just feel like, oh, I could never do that. But I, I don't know my I don't know if my headspace was just in a, you know just different this year, but I, I did not feel that way. I mean, there are definitely quilts that my brain just wouldn't <laughs> doesn't work that way. And it was really fun to walk the show. I walked the show with different people. I walked a lot of the show with Jen. And we kind of are are very much the same in that we've mostly made more traditional quilts, but we're interested in modern quilting and we are constantly blown away about how um, people's, how people even think to do certain things, you know, the the creativity on display. I walked a lot with Patty, who is a very accomplished modern quilter. So she has very interesting takes on things. And then Frances and I did not get enough time to walk, walk the show together, but, um, you know, she is, she's, I feel like looking at it almost from a more academic perspective and really finding the patterns and, and the, the influences and, and things like that. From So, you know, it just depends on who you walk with, what you focus on. So that was, that was very fun to have that, that mix of people to explore the show with. Um, I did notice that there were just, the whole show was full of curves, like so many drunkards path or quarter square tri- or quarter square circles. I think there was the other name I saw them described as lots of curves done in different ways. So that was very interesting. I, f- I felt like that was a, th- like a theme of the show. I don't know if the show curators or the jurors, um, realize that when they were you know or that's just what a lot of modern quilts are these days so that was very interesting I remember when I went and I I think it was 2017 or 18 whenever the last show was in uh, Pasadena I remember thinking that there were a lot of prints like small more like you know ditzy prints incorporated into the quilts I felt like that was all but gone like we played with that we don't like it we're back to solids (laughs) is how, how I felt about that also um, I mean, long arm quilting, there was definitely still a lot of it, but I feel like matchstick quilting was back. Not just straight line, but matchstick quilting was was everywhere. Um, yeah, so it was just, you know, Sean Kimber was the, the keynote speaker, and she was amazing and inspiring. And I looked at her exhibit before her keynote, but then I had to visit it again afterwards now that I had more context on her her, her journey, some of those actual quilts that made it just all the more uh, inspiring. So she was a, a wonderful featured quilter. I was trying to think about some things that I wanted to take away from the show, which is more to me, going to QuiltCon is more like going to a, a, a modern art museum than a quilt show. And I think that's why I like it so much because I love going to modern art museums. Um, and I did take the time to read a lot of the artist statements not everyone that you just couldn't get through the show and I only had two days to get through the show um which sounds like a lot but it went so fast as a matter of fact on I was leaving Sunday morning so on Saturday afternoon at two I I kind of panicked I had like three hours three hours I had to get through whatever I had missed and maybe go back and visit some favorites and turns out I had plenty of time but I had a little moment of panic um but a lot of the artist statements talked about Things like I was in a class with so-and-so and and, like this is what I did with those blocks or this technique that I learned Um, or I participated in this challenge and this quilt came out of that and then you know I'm always talking about how I want to get into making some modern quilts but I almost don't know where to start because as Jen and I would say my brain doesn't necessarily work that way. And I realized that maybe what's missing in my formula here is um, that I need to take some classes and participate in some challenges. You know, like the Curated Quilts um, puts out a challenge every month. And I know there's some other ones. My, I, my friend Patty, she does a lot of these. And I think that is a lot of where she gets her inspiration. Or, or you just get to play around with techniques. Um, and well, and, and that the techniques part is... I think that, um, you know, why I need to maybe take some classes. I did log into Craftsy, which is back as Craftsy. Remember, it was something else for a while. What was it, like Blueprint? maybe? I don't know. Anyways, I wanted to see if I still had access to those classes, and I do. And one of them is taught by Jackie Gearing, where she... Uh, kind of talks about some of the um, elements of modern quilting like scale and um, off-grid designs and things like that. So I think I'm going to review that to, to get some inspiration. Also, my friend Sarah Goer, who I met in person at QuiltCon, she has some great classes um, about Angles and planned improv and all kinds of things and I should probably get into one of her classes as well Just to to get some of the the skills involved. There were a lot of um, inset skinny strips in the show that I think is kind of uh, more of an advanced technique so so that's definitely something that that I want to uh, challenge myself with this year taking some classes and and literally doing some challenges so it was just so much fun to be able to meet a lot of these people in person that I've only ever seen or talked to online, including um, Susan, who is in, um, who's a listener and in the, the Simple Handmade Everyday Facebook group. And it's, it was just, you know, I, I was able to meet her for coffee one morning and it's just so much fun to to meet these people that you've been chatting with online in person. So Susan, it was so fun to meet you. All right, let me tell you a little bit i didn't buy a lot there but i did buy a tea towel a ruby star society tea towel because this is my new thing of uh stealing from diane in denmark of uh souvenirs that are tea towels i got one in florence italy and i got one um from QuiltCon. and when i use those that it just you know brings up really good memories I also got the chance to meet um, Michelle from Aliso. I've worked with Aliso for years, and it was so fun to meet and chat with her in person. Also, Chris from Modern um, Vintage Handmade, he makes those beautiful um, wood quilting tools. So I won a set a few years ago that is a um, like a seam ripper and a Hera marker. And um, one more thing, and I can't think of what it is right now, maybe a like a, a you know, one of those things you poke the corners out like a stylus type thing. Ah, I wish I could remember right now. Anyways, they are beautiful. He also does a lot of clappers. Um, you know that you that wood that you lay on top when after you've ironed your seam and that it, it helps set the seam better. And, and now these beautiful full block clappers um, that you know have like a a, a block. Design done with inlaid wood. I mean, they're just so gorgeous and I saw him on the first day I was at the show which was Friday and You know, they were already selling out of things people were just scooping these things up So we have a giveaway planned this summer. Um, so be stay tuned for that. That that will be amazing Okay, so I I did buy a few um, Paint, Paintbrush Studios had solid fat quarters for $2, which was a deal. So I got a handful of those. And here's one thing that I bought. I got it right here in front of me. Um, I bought some cork. So Patty that I talked about from Elm Street Quilt, she is such an amazing sewist. And she brought, um, two bags that she'd made. She'd made the Range backpack from Noodlehead a few years ago. And I feel like there's this little part of me that wants to make that backpack, Um, but I don't know. I mean, making those kind of bags are just, it's not my bag, pun intended. Um, but hers was so gorgeous and she did it in such like modern colors, like very mustardy. And I think it was lined in something maybe navy. Sorry, Patty, I don't remember. I just know that her fabric choices were exquisite. And then she made just in one day the new noodle head, um, pattern. And I don't know what it's called, but it's almost like a little, um, fanny pack type thing, you know, which now, or crossbody, people wear them that way, you know, you can wear it different ways. And the flap on it was made of cork, not fabric, which looked super cool. And then she also had like a wallet and you can do it like a business card holder made of cork. And what's cool about sewing with cork is that you don't have to turn anything under. Like, so you just sew it and it stays together and you don't have to, you know, flip it get those seam allowances inside or anything. And um, so while I had the opportunity, I went over very last minute, like the last, like right at five o'clock on the very last day of the show, I um, got sort of a like my signature color blue, kind of a turquoise blue piece of cork. And then when I was in the booth, they had a lot of samples out. And um, so I got just natural looking cork as well because they look really good together. They had a lot of examples like that. So I don't know when I'm going to get around to doing that, but they gave me like a little postcard that has a link to the the patterns online and some free patterns. And so the cork is just like, it's the guy actually spent a lot of time explaining how they do this. You know, there's, there's like a fabric on the, inside on the wrong side of the cork that they lay down and sort of spray with an adhesive and then they take these and and he's like acting this out these you know like a a huge sharp blade and they just you know cut slivers like wide thin slivers of cork off the cork tree and then lay them down on this um on this adhesive on this fabric and that is how they they make this cork fabric so it's very it is a little expensive i got Uh, these are both like 13 by 18 squares and they were like nine dollars so you know it's like not hugely expensive i that it felt i felt like i could take a risk on it but i mean they're very labor intensive to make so i get that they they cost something so that was fun and my favorite purchase and maybe i'll try to take a picture of it and i don't even know how to explain it it was also another uh woodworker this this man on the the very back of the vendor hall like i don't know facing the wrong way just like in the the farthest reaches of the the vendor hall had this guy who makes these beautiful um sewing caddies um pin cushions even lamps that are in this shaker style where where it's like again sort of thin pieces of wood that are wrapped in round and oval shapes and so i ended up buying a a little oval sewing caddy that's wood it seems like the perfect thing to upgrade my the, my uh, table in the living room where I sew instead of having, uh, you know, just this mess of threads or whatever. It's just now I've got my, uh, mostly I'm right now it's cross stitching, but you know, I also hand piece. So it's just a little sewing caddy. It's maybe, um, a foot wide at most, maybe a little, and then, I don't know, six inches you know it's an oval so like that shape it's got a handle on it and i missed out because i i I dropped it took me three times by this booth to actually buy something and he even said this is your third time to this booth Um, because you know it's it's handmade wood it's artisan it was a little expensive but I, i just felt like i loved it and i wanted to support him but he was working on some prototypes where the handle that came out where you would hold this little caddy um he put He inlaid a magnet in it so that you, so your scissors would stick right to it or pins or whatever. And it was so brilliant. But by the time I bought it, those were gone because everyone recognized them uh, as brilliant. But what I did find out um, is that my needle minders that I use that that come from Fat Quarter Shop um, are strong enough that I can actually put a needle minder on that with a magnet on the back. And so, which is nice. and again i'll take a picture it's just nice to have your your scissors right where you can grab them pretty easily a little high like that so anyways it's absolutely gorgeous sort of shaker style no regrets it was a pain in the butt to get home because i was afraid to pack it and i think i was right so i had to carry it on the plane so it was all crazy but anyways um I just it, the whole experience was wonderful and i'm so glad i didn't get COVID there um but the next year it's in raleigh um, which is in Francis's uh, neighborhood, and so I am already looking forward to to going there. Before we continue with the rest of the quilting segment, I'd like to thank the Fat Quarter Shop for being a sponsor of this podcast. The Fat Quarter Shop is a one-stop shop for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality fabrics, pre-cuts, quilt kits, patterns, notions, and even cross-stitch supplies. This month, the basic of the month, is Zen Chic Spotted. And this is one of my favorite blender fabrics. Um, you should go. I'll put a link in the show notes. You should go over and check them out. It is the perfect blender fabric that just has this, um, these spots on it that gives your project so much dimension. The other thing that's going on over there is a new quilt along called Home Again. So this is a pattern, I'm looking at it right now, by Lori Holt and it is published by It's So Emma. It's a vintage two-color quilt pattern. The, um, the pattern photograph is a red and white quilt. But what's very cool about this is they give nine different colorways on the back of the pattern. So you can do a two-color quilt. And they have them all mapped out with lori holt fabrics for each colorway of course you can use whatever you want you can use your stash or whatever but they give you a ton of inspiration here they've got colorways for red tea rose which is a pink pumpkin daisy alpine teal denim plum and raisin so just like so gorgeous so you could absolutely if if a red and white quilt is not your thing you can find the, the the right colorway that um, would fit your personality or alternatively you could do it as like a two color rainbow thing which would be very cool. So anyways you might want to check that out. I'll put a link in the show notes. All right on to quilting which I've actually been doing. I've gotten kind of back into sewing. I do love to quilt. Sometimes I forget that but two projects have gotten me back into it. The first one is the Scrappy Spools Quilts Along Also with Fat Quarter Shop and that's these um Another Lori Holt pattern. i um, sorry to be so designer focused right now. <laughs> um, but they're these small blocks, um, and it, you just do uh, like four blocks a month. It's a very nicely paced quilt along. Um, of course, I'm already a little bit behind. I'm just behind two blocks, and I'm going to get caught up this month. Um, so they're just, you know, kind of uh, traditional blocks. Sometimes, like I've already knocked out the four patches and uh, log cabins. Right now, I'm working on what is a. Um, it's probably got a real name but it's kind of a riff uh, on a churn dash it's kind of a more complicated churn dash that was february's blocks and then um, march are some flag blocks and then at the end you set them in um, this little setting that makes it look like spools i did head over to my local quilt shop which is called cotton and chocolate to uh, get a low volume background for the the background for this um it, it, which is just part of the spool blocks and then I was been trying to figure out what do I want to, the spool ends to look like. So in a fun turn of events, I was able to have coffee with Robin Pickens, who is a Moda designer and she is the designer of the Moda Basic Thatched. Have you ever used thatched? I used, I did a whole thatched quilt, um, for our hand, last hand piece quilt along. It's also one of these fabulous, um, blender fabrics that is just just gives your product so much more dimension than using just solids which i i mean i have trouble using just solids sometimes so i love this so she um so i had i had coffee with her and um susan over from the felted pair and they know each other susan does some sewing for robin and it was so much fun again to just like sit and really talk quilting and the sort of the quilting business and things like that with um with some people in real life because you know there's just not that many people that I can do that with. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to do a little segue right here to say that when I was at QuiltCon, I noticed that there was some a few um people who were in the show from the Ventura Modern Quilt Guild, which is my local Modern Quilt Guild. I was able I did a couple meetings during COVID online because it's just really hard for me to get to Ventura at the time that the meetings are. And then I dug in even deeper and found out that um, one of the women that had quilts in the show lives in my town. So we are definitely going to have to meet up and have coffee. So that was just like, wow. So maybe that will be my entry. That friendship will be my entry into making more modern quilts. Back to Robin Pickens and Thatch. so she actually so generously gave me a color card god I can't tell you how much I love color cards and so I was able to really um, Look through the browns to figure it because I want to use thatched as my spool ends It's like the perfect it's not wood grain, but you could certainly mistake it for wood grain and I think I'm gonna go for i would made this decision before I think maybe it's either oatmeal or cocoa Maybe it's, co- it's oatmeal, which is a medium brown. Cocoa's a little bit darker. Um, so anyways, that is, is very nice. So I think I've got my spool ends. I still need to order that fabric. Very, very exciting. Um, so that's the Scrappy Spools Quilts Along. And then I mentioned before that I, I kind of got back into the Great Granny Square Quilts that I started about a year ago and, and really got some um, momentum going on that. I feel like I could make those... Um, blocks forever because every quilt block is a little bit of a, of a composition where you're just using four different fabrics. And um, so it's a 20 block quilt. I've got 18 done. And it's funny because I got 18 done and up on the design wall. And then I just got stuck because at this point I put them up there so I could go, okay, what do I need my last two blocks to be to make this balanced? And that has seemed like too much of a decision to be made. (laughs) So I haven't, I haven't done that yet, but, um, I'm going to get back to that. And that's very exciting because then that's just sashing and that quilt top will be done. So I'm very excited about that. But what the issue that came up when I really like spent some hours uh, sewing in the last month is that my quarter inch, seam allowance has gotten a little bit sloppy now for the great granny square it kind of doesn't matter because they're all the same block and as long as they're all the same it doesn't matter um but as i was working on the scrappy spools quilts along the finish size i wish i had that pattern here they're small they're like Maybe finished, you know, unfinished is like a five and a half inch block, so it'll be finished five inches. And there's some piecing in there, so when you've got a lot of little pieces, your seam allowance matters. And I was realizing these are coming out too big, Um, and you know, just by a little bit, but it all adds up. So um, I used to be so picky about my, I still am, I guess. I just forgot I needed to check it. I'm picky about my quarter inch. I like to be accurate. I like Um, I like points. I like things to match up. It just makes quilting that much more fun. So I, you know, I started, I got some scraps and I started, um, you know, sewing my quarter inch and pressing it and measuring it and just realizing that um, I really need. So I have a juki with a quarter inch foot that has that blade on the edge. And my blocks were coming out big, which means that my seam allowance was too small. And I realized that I really need to get that fabric right, not not wrinkled, but right up against that blade. And I think that I, I was not really concentrating on that. I don't love... Well, I, I, I do and I don't. I, I do like having the blade because it does really give you, a, you know, a nice thing to guide your fabric along. Um, I've done various things. I've built a painter's tape that gives you even a longer, you know, uh, edge to butt your fabric up against. And um, and that's nice. What What's bad about the thing with the blade is that if you ever, you know, want to sew a half square, square triangle or something, you know... I've done it, but it's hard to get that blade up over on top of the fabric. So then you're changing out feet. So I did some digging. Um, there is another. So the foot that comes with the Juki, they call it a scant quarter inch foot, but it is three threads scant. So, I mean, it's, it's a really skinny. I, 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 I don't, it doesn't work for me. I wish it did. And so, but they do sell another one. I think it's about $30 though. Um, so I might get that. And then the other thing that I found as I dug into this is that somebody makes for like $15, this little quick change spring that you can put on your Juki that makes it much easier to change the foot. So if you do need to change your feet quickly, you just have to push it in and your with your finger and the, the, um, the foot just drops off and then you just put the new one in where, you know, it's instead of unscrewing things like you have to right now. So I might invest in both of those things. I'm not really sure. Um, but, uh, anyways, the, the, the moral of the story is, is if you are dissatisfied with the size your blocks are coming out, spend some time sewing a quarter inch, you know, like down you know, two inches of fabric. Press it, measure it, and and make sure that you know exactly, you know where you need to sew to achieve that that perfect quarter inch. And the other thing that I realized is I really got chain piecing with these um these blocks is that I could really use a leader and ender project. Um, I I made a whole Bonnie Hunter quilt um, with some really questionable fabrics actually because it wasn't just a leader and ender; it was just kind of also a scrap buster of of Pat- this uh, fabric that I had but didn't love but in that true Bonnie Hunter thing it's like there's no ugly fabric if you think it's ugly you just haven't cut it small enough <laughs> so it was this um, kind of an Irish chainy type um, pattern and I loved it I gave it away and um, it you know again when it was all together I really liked the way it looked I should dig out I wouldn't mind doing that that pattern over but there's lots of those I should just go through some Bonnie Hunter free patterns And, you know, find something that's, uh, you know, uses two and a half inch squares because I would love to have another leader and ender project going. It's just uh, having that bonus project uh, seems so, so smart. All right. So um, before we leave the quilting segment, I want to talk about Fat Quarter Shop. Man, they are knocking it out of the park these days. They've sent me um, some quilt patterns. I think I'll talk about those next episode. But what I want to talk about today is this book called Summer Memories by Susan Aki. And she is a brilliant quilter and cross-stitcher. And she has a book out, published by It's So Emma, the publishing arm of that quarter shop called Summer Memories. And if you like patriotic quilts and cross-stitch patterns, you are going to absolutely love this. So all the quilts in this book are red white and blue now of course you can make them whatever color you want but it does when I'm looking at this picture where they're all laid out and it does give you such a summer vibe it just feels like it's July as I'm looking at them so let me tell you about some of these quilts um, there are okay there's a couple I want to highlight and one is called is just it's called the flag day quilt and the whole quilt is one big flag it's 52 and a half by 80 and i didn't count it but it probably has 50 stars in in the star section which are what's that that that's a sawtooth star there and then the stripes are done scrappy in a um like a tumbler block um pattern you know which uh, just it's like a triangle with the ends cut off and then just kind of you know uh, alternates. I don't know that's a terrible description but anyways it's a tumbler block and she did them in some very scrappy um, red and white prints oh and wow. then the whites are also as I'm looking up closer are low-volume whites oh, so the, there's just so much movement and so much uh, you know so much happening in such a simple quilt since it's just one large flag so I really love that one there's also one called the summer picnic quilt that is, um, it's a basket quilt. And so it's got it's got uh, basket blocks and it is just, you know, uh, so perfect for a, for a summer, summer, summer picnic. And the other one I really like because it has such a vintage feel, like I feel like my grandmother could have made this quilt and I mean that in the very best way possible, the Veranda Quilt. And she did this one just in blue and white and in her note she was saying how she loves to do this pattern which sews up very quickly because it's done with um, strip sets and um, to do this, you know, a whole two-color quilt in different colors. Um, a whole, like, pile of them. I mean, might need to make that. That is, that's beautiful. And then, bonus, because she's also a brilliant cross-stitcher, um, part of this book are cross-stitch designs. And again, they've kind of got a patriotic theme. Um, we've got this one I really like. It's called Cherry Season. Um, so it's got, like, a little cherry tree. Very simplified, Um kind of prim type cherry tree. And one with a hot air balloon. And a lot of these have uh, definitely that antique sampler vibe to them. There's one called Freedom Flowers, which if you do some, if you do cross stitch, um, there's a lot of samplers that have kind of like an urn with flowers coming out of it. And, And so that's what that one looks like. There's ones with words, equality, justice, hope, peace. Um, and one that says, this land is your land, this land is my land. So they're all very small, um, you know, kind of things that she's got them mostly uh, made up into little pillows, you know, just, or a couple of them framed. But anyways, so this is Summer Memories by Susan Aki. If you, again, if you love those uh, sort of patriotic quilt or cross stitch patterns, this book would totally be your jam. All right, speaking of cross stitch, I've got some to report on that too. I I never check my notes before I start these things, so um, I hope I didn't say this before. But I finished the um, Plum Street Samplers pattern called Autumn Cottage, which again has that sort of antique-y look to it. It's a house block with these kind of stylized vines around it. It was my first project where I used Fancy Floss, so I I didn't have to, but I chose to change my technique. To really see the very the fancy floss is hand dyed so there's more variegation so they want you to do like a one stitch at a time as opposed to doing half you know half crosses one direction and then come back so that was fun um and just a good sort of way to stretch my skills but it was always such a relief to go back to um my uh flea market flowers which just uses dmc so i can use a faster technique there. But I'm excited about finishing this one. I haven't finished it yet. I'm gonna do a little pillow and I bought some chenille trim from Lady Dot Creates on Etsy. I bought two colors because I wasn't quite sure um, which would go best and I'm I'm still not sure what I'm gonna do there. But I'm excited about finishing that one. That was such a fun quick stitch and a good way to introduce myself to to some fancy floss. Now, the other fun thing um, is I got involved i bought um, there's this there's this thing called cross stitch the rainbow or it's it's written x stitch the rainbow and it is a collaboration um that happens in fall and spring i mean that's what it was this year where um together they they pick a thread set from somebody um and so this time it was is treenway silks so they pick like four Um, flosses and then challenge 25 designers to come up with um, designs that are oh I want to say 60 by 60 or smaller it might even be I should check Um, so small designs that use those that floss and with a theme so I did an autumn was it called like autumn garden i didn't buy the i got into it late i did not buy the actual um floss it was like a fancy floss but i did do one pattern from it and just use they gave a dmc equivalent so this time i was like i want to get in on the actual floss so it was trainway silks i've never used silk so it's like fancy floss on steroids um it's been very nice to work with and then the theme was basically like tea time so could it be more Kristen? No, I don't think it could. So I did buy two patterns and they're very inexpensive. They're like $6 patterns from um, top, knot, top Knot Stitcher where I, I actually bought the floss through her and then a couple of patterns. And the one I'm working on now, I actually started it on my birthday. Pardon the zipper noise here. And it is called um, a <laughs> Top notch cup of tea and it the design features a little stack of books with a cup of tea on top of it very cute and I decided to try linen again so I'm using 32 count linen on this and I picked this pattern because um the stack of books which is you see it from the side so you see the pages and stuff so it's a lot of straight line stitching nothing very complicated and um because I did try linen on the autumn um, autumn cottage, and I gave up on it very quickly. <laughs> so this is a, a simpler pattern. Um, of course, it's you can do it however you want. But this is very cute. And then the other pattern I got is, um, it's kind of has a, a botanical theme. It's actually, I think it's supposed to be like a tea bush. So it's a lot of, you know, leaves and with a little cup of tea in the center. So those are my two... Um, my two tea time patterns that I'm looking forward to to stitching. And I will definitely do the other one on something a little easier, like 25 count Lugano or something, because um I need if I'm gonna stitch on linen, I need my Halo Go light and magnifier, which kind of means that I need to be sitting at a table. I, I just don't have the right setup to, uh, use something like a tabletop magnifier. If I'm sitting at, at a chair or at the couch, although my husband and I were just recently furniture shopping for the room I'm sitting in right now, because that's my goals for this year is to redo the two, um, kids rooms to reflect this season of life. And there was these, um, little, Tables by it's not what I was looking for at all, but I just saw them. I'm like, that would be so perfect. It's I guess maybe it's an updated TV tray in a way, but it it's I'm kind of c-shaped. and so like it'll slide under the couch, um, but give you a work surface or an eating surface. I'm like, oh, that would actually work really well for me to sit on the couch and um have, Uh, A little table to work on so I might need to look for for something. None of them kind of fit my my vibe but it was like oh yeah that would be a a good idea. So anyways um so that's um so I finished the autumn garden working on the tea time still giving myself a break by working on flea market flowers which I'm definitely coming into the home stretch on that one and I've definitely decided that I am done buying cross stitch patterns until I finish some of the ones that I have Um, Because I don't, I don't want to accumulate at this point in my life. But let me tell you about some of the um, the cross stitch patterns that are coming out from uh, Fat Quarter Shop. They've sent me some, and I'm definitely going to do some giveaways. I've been a little overwhelmed at work and things like that lately, so that's why I haven't. Part of the reason I haven't podcasted for a while. So maybe next time I will have my my stuff together, um, and I will do some. Quilt pattern giveaways. You know what? Next episode will be 100. That's perfect. And I've totally blew past my five year mark on this on this podcast. So next one will be 100. I'll be doing some giveaways. How about that? But in the meantime, let me just tell you, the Fat Quarter Shop is doing this um, thing called the Chicken Club (laughs) and they are little cross stitch patterns of chickens. And so if chickens are your thing and I know they are a lot for for a lot of people love the whole chicken theme in their um, kitchen everyone has like a little they're named and they're just slightly different. I've got in my hand Cornelius who is more of a rooster, I would guess, and a little chick. And then this one um, is called Florence and they're just absolutely adorable designed by Lori Holt, who absolutely loves chickens. (laughs) So if that is your thing, um, I think you can buy them separately, but you can also join the club and get a new one like every month or so. Um, the other new series that uh, Fat Core Shop has going is called Stackables, where it's a long, skinny uh, pattern with a little basket in the bottom and all these kind of things that, you know, I, in a way that it's it's long and skinny. So the basket's on the bottom. So things could be like in the basket, theoretically, although I'm looking at these things and none of these would really go in the basket. Um, but it's, it's a, a monthly stitch that if you created one finishing piece, you could just, you um, Uh, swap it out every month so I have the January one which has a snowflake and it's all very blue and white and gray Um, looks like snow on trees snowflake skates and a little hat February has like a cupcake and a cupid bow and some lovebirds and roses and things like that so that's another new series this year that the Fat Quarter Shop is doing And um, because I completely blew past February, I didn't uh, talk about the Valentine's things that they have coming out. Um, But I'll give these away and you can get started on them uh, for next year. Again, a long skinny piece that says Be Mine, a very cute little Valentine piece. But if you got into the little, um, at Christmas they did these little cookie cross stitch patterns that were round and then they have, you can finish them with these cute little tins. Well, if you like that idea for Christmas, they have one that are um, for Valentine's Day. They're called Sweetheart Ornaments. And there's, some of the designs are like a little letter, the date, a cake, a little camera, uh, a a heart, like a love lock, a little, what looks a little bit like a diamond ring, just cute little. um, And so those small quick stitches, you could finish them. You can make them into little pillows if you have like a dough bowl or like so many things you could do with them. They have them sort of hanging on a little, Um, thing of white wooden beads very cute so tons of new cross stitch stuff coming out from Fat Quarter Shop and again um, too many for me to do I will uh, spread out the wealth Um, next uh, next podcast the other thing that Fat Quarter Shop does so so well um, are their little enamel um, little enamel things so there um, there's a new needle minder from um, Lori Holt uh, I have a pink one here that's like a little bee. There's a zipper pull or a keychain charm of the little house blocks that are so common. And then now they even have like a big sort of, I, I use binder clips, not binder clips, binder rings to hold my floss for a project. And, you know, I just have literally ones from the stationery store, but this is um, one like that. So it's a big round, um, you know, silver a ring with an adorable, like little um, heart and gingham charm on it, just to make you know stitching that much more, more adorable. All right, let's start books. Um, it's funny. I I know I've read more than this, but I cannot. I I even got out of the habit of jotting down things um, while I was on my podcast break here, but the. One book I definitely wanna talk about is called Remarkably Bright Creatures. And I have to credit my friend Pam, my British friend Pam for making me read it. Um, a neighboring town here through the library does a one city, one book um, kind of situation. And she said, oh, you do, do you wanna read this book? And then we can go listen to the author speak, which we're gonna do next month. So, it, so the book is Remarkably Bright Creatures. It is from Shelby Van Pelt, and it is her debut novel, and it was such a delightful read. So the gist of it, and I went on good reads, and people like have absolutely nothing but glowing things to say about it. And it was a very quick read. Um, I blew through most of it in, last weekend because I just, it, it got to a, a turning point um, where different storylines started coming together, and I just could not put it down. So it is about... Um, the main character is a woman named Tova and she is a uh, elderly cleaning woman at an, an aquarium kind of if like the, you know a nice aquarium a Monterey Bay aquarium type thing and um, she realizes at some point that well actually very early on that the um, giant octopus is getting out of its enclo, its tank at night and basically having adventures. <laughs> and, um, so that is, uh, and, and, and part of the book is actually told from the perspective of the octopus, which was so fun. His name is Marcellus and, um, and he and Tova and on, on some level strike up a, an amazing friendship. Meanwhile, She has her own, you know, she has her own backstory. She is a widow. She lost her only child many years ago um, when he was young. And, you know, that is just still weighing on her. And her life's really changing because her husband recently died and she needs to figure out... um, you know what she's going to do for the rest of her life in terms of realizing that she has doesn't have anybody to take care of her as she's realizing as some of her friends are moving in with their grown children and, and things like that and um and then there's a another storyline about a, a young um, guy who's very um you know aimless and but you know he's quite smart and um and the way, the, and then he's headed to the same town where she lives, and it's just, I don't want to give too much away, but it is a delightful, delightful story. I highly recommend it. I cannot wait to go um, listen to the author speak next month, so I'll let you know after that. While I was traveling, I listened to the audio Next in Line by Jeffrey Archer. Um, which I got on Audible, and that was also delightful. I've I've told this before, but I'm gonna in case you're new, I'm gonna tell it again. So I love Jeffrey Archer. Um, one of my favorite series of books is called The Clifton Chronicles. It's I don't know, it's many books long, and um, they they are super quick reads, and you just you know they every book's i warn you is a cliffhanger, so you just go from one to the next. And in that book, in that series, there is a guy that is writing. Uh, stories writing mystery novels that is his job He's a very successful mystery writer um, with a main character called William Warwick and after Jeffrey Archer finished the Clifton Chronicles he started writing the William Warwick series <laughs> that was featured in the the other series of books and I'm not sure which number this is this is like maybe book five or six and they are delightful th- quick reads like if you if you like Jeffrey Archer style books they're they're wonderful. So that was a great um audiobook to listen to especially because i had some very unpleasant flights center seats long flights so i just needed to escape while i was flying and and too crowded to eat to knit or cross stitch or anything on the plane so i just had to just close my eyes and listen to the book that was wonderful um okay the next book that i want to talk about do not laugh it is called laundry love finding joy and a Common Chore by Patrick Richardson. And um, it is literally a book about doing laundry. And it was sitting on the coffee table when my daughter was home last week. And she looked at it and she's like, are you seriously reading that? And I said, yes, I love it. And she said, I feel like if someone created a parody movie about your life, this is the book that would be on the coffee table. (laughs) Um, And I need to... um, I have read it through, it's from the library and I feel like I need my own copy, but it really is, it's about taking care of your clothes. It's about getting off of it, of commercial laundry detergent, which when I, you know, was in my eco warrior days when the kids were little and stuff and I was making my own laundry detergent and it was just sort of unsustainable for me. Um, I gave it up and so then I just you know I found uh, not Trader Joe's Trader Joe's laundry detergent never worked but even Costco had their Kirkland signature environmentally friendly brand they don't have that anymore so now I'm honestly I'm on you know knockoff Tide Pods which I know are bad for the environment there's microplastics but man and you can't do smaller loads because it's, it's it's apparently it's too much laundry detergent even for a normal load of laundry if you have an HE washer so anyways He kind of just breaks down how you should be doing your laundry, which involves using some very old-fashioned ingredients like soap flakes, like um, washing powder, no, washing soda, um, and ways to get out stains, which uh, my husband had a cut on his finger and got blood on the sheets, and I used his, his method of getting blood out, and it came out like no problem, which includes like using a little horsehair brush and um, just, you know, all kinds of old-fashioned uh, but perfectly good um, ingredients. Now, the snafu I had with this is they he has you use soap flakes. And he also, interestingly, talks about things that are sort of counter to the way we're told. He's like, warm water, a tiny bit of soap, and the shortest cycle possible which um, I know we're told to like wash everything on cold right but he's just he has all the science behind some warm water it's not going to fade your clothes and it makes uh warm water penetrate your clothes better so anyways and if you're going to use soap flakes you kind of need the warm water to dissolve them so I tried that and it was kind of a fail the soap flakes did not dissolve (laughs) I actually had to wash that load three times, finally with a Tide Pod, to just get it all out. Um, and then I look back and that, then I wish I had read all the reviews about that particular style of soap flake um, that people did complain about that. And then I test, I'm like, maybe my water's not really warm. You know how you can kind of adjust it at your washing machine? So I ran a warm load and then stopped it to feel the water, but it is warm. So I need to find the right soap flake Um, But even if I don't end up using soap flakes, I'm going to get off the Tide Pod knockoffs. It's with a Costco version of them and start getting back to some more environmentally um, sound ingredients for my laundry. Um, So anyways, you might want to check it out. Um, The reason I want my own book is because, you know, there's so many um, very specific things about how to get different stains out um, and just and how to care for things. Um, so, oh, also he's got all these sprays and I actually bought some little spray bottles so that you could make, um, you for different things. Uh, you want some, a spray bottle with some alcohol for certain stains. Um, (laughs) there's a one that's that you fill with, uh, like cheap vodka for dirt, certain odors things like this is kind of funny. So, um, I'm going to dig more into this, but you might want to check it out. If you know, like me, you kind of want to be good at things. We actually have watched some movies and I actually meant to ask my husband before I started this because I know we watched a movie and I cannot remember what it was. But we watched the Banshees of Inashiran. I don't know that I'm saying that right. I apologize if I'm not. It was a, it was nominated for an Academy Award and I hadn't seen any of the movies <laughs> nominated for Academy Award. So when Chloe was home last weekend we watched that and it was the weirdest movie. <laughs> Got <laughs> to be honest with you. um What would have been good to know going in, so I'm going to tell you, is that it is the whole thing is a metaphor for the Irish Civil War, and and not that I know a ton about the Irish Civil War, but just knowing that made it make so much more sense. And so it is basically, um, it's got Colin Farrell, who is only a name to me. Now I know who he is. Um, it's in some remote area of um, Ireland, like an island. And very few people on this island. And this guy is just, uh, you know, young, young. I don't know how he is, 40s. Farmer, he goes, stops by his mate's place to because they go out to the pub every day at this time. And his um, friend, who's an older guy, he just, he ignores him. He like won't even, you can see him through the window. He will not even come to the door. And um, eventually he talks to him and is like what's the deal he goes I just don't want to be friends anymore I just I'm done with you and the whole movie is basically about that about why does this guy all of a sudden have no patience for his former friend and that is that is the whole movie <laughs> and some it takes a bit of a dark turn uh, halfway through um but it was just it was uh it was beautiful um you know, it's just like, it's on this beautiful, if not slightly desolate, uh, Irish Island. The acting was beautiful. Um, but it was, I was unprepared for how quiet it was. And so again, I think it makes more sense if you kind of realize that it's a metaphor for the Irish civil war. But anyways, I I have no regrets about watching it. It was, it was a fun rainy afternoon for us. And then, um, I had a birthday, um, a week or so ago and my husband and I have the same birthday, which I know is, is very weird. I probably mentioned that before. So we took a half day off. It was on Friday and, um, took a half day off and went to a movie. We're actually going to go to the, oh, I forgot to talk about this. The, um, Fabric of a Nation Quilt Exhibit. Um, which was at the Skirball Cultural Center in Los Angeles, and I wanted to I, I wanted to go, um, so we were going to do that in the afternoon. But it turns out you needed tickets, and they were sold out. So we went on the very last day, which was March twelfth, um, and my daughter went, and that was an absolutely lovely exhibition um, that really showed um, just the, the history of quilt making and what women before us were doing with fabric choices and messages and techniques, um, things that reflected social class and politics. It was a, it was wonderful. And, um, so I was glad actually that it turns out my daughter could go cause I think she really enjoyed it too. But anyway, so, so we were like, we need to do something fun on her birthday. So that afternoon we just went to a movie, which we haven't done in ages in a theater and we saw, we couldn't like none of the movies in the, in the theater had I ever heard of. <laughs> I'm so out of touch with movies. So he went and saw something called Operation Fortune Ruse de Guerre. And it was a fun spy kind of uh, movie, kind of like James Bond, um, but more humor. It was quite funny with lots of lots of action and car chases and helicopter crashes and things like that. It was basically like this, um, the, the gist of it is there's this super spy, like James Bond type character who needs to stop... This man, who turns out to be is Hugh Grant, doing a kind of British accent I've never heard him do, and he Hugh Grant was delightful in this. So he needs to um, stop this uh, Hugh Grant character from selling this new um, weapons technology. And the way he goes about it is the Hugh Grant character is just in just loves this um, actor this particular like superstar actor, like if some guy just like could not ever get enough of Brad Pitt, for instance, <laughs> you know. Um, and so they convince this actor to, in a way, play a role and, um, to, to get in with this, with this guy. And it's, um, it's hilarious. It's got Aubrey Plaza in it and, you know, it's just your typical spy thriller, but very fun way to spend the, spend the afternoon. Um, yeah, so you know that's kind of it, movie-wise. Oh, we watched Forks Over Knives when I came back from QuiltCon. Um, Jen is vegan, which sort of just reignited this um, this again latent uh, feeling that we're eating too much meat. <laughs> and so uh, I talked about this in our Empty Nest Chronicles, one of our um, our post recent called Our Evolving Diets that, you know, so we're trying to eat more vegetarian. I was experimenting with a vegan before six type thing. That's been really hard. Vegetarian's not a big deal. So I think I'm just going to stick with that for a while. Um, so, and I know there was another movie in there. I can't remember. Um, on the, uh, TV side, some of the things I've been watching like on Acorn or BritBox while I've been stitching, um, Season six of Line of Duty, if if you have watched Line of Duty, a British cop show, um, season six came out and it was excellent. Um, I also experimented with a show called Bloodlands, and um, it's also like a British cop show, and that first season was good, but I don't think that I will watch anymore because there's just kind of like too much dirty cop stuff happening there that I'm just like I don't know who to root for so I don't want to watch this though so that was a bit of a bust um my husband and I um finished Peaky Blinders which is um I've talked about on other on other uh, episodes it was it's a fantastic show but it is so brutal and bloody it is very hard to watch um, but the storytelling was amazing and that's exactly how I would describe what we're watching right now which is 1923 which is so you know you know about Yellowstone I've talked about that um, with Kevin Costner it's good also hard to know who to root for who is the good guy in the situation and it's also bloody and brutal but also so to, then they spun that out to 1883 which is the origin story of how Um, the, uh, the Duttons have this land, Yellowstone, have this ranch. And now we've got a couple generations later in 1923, and this has Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren, um, is, is their part of this the lineage of, of the Dutton Ranch. And again, it is so bloody. And um, at least I, in this case, I know who to root for, but there's also a whole story with a Native American residential schools that is very brutal and very hard to watch. Um, so yeah, we need like, something you know super happy-go-lucky. So I don't know what that is for my husband, but for me, that is a show on Acorn called Mount Pleasant which, um, is just a super fun kind of, it's, it's about 10 years old, but it's just about this little neighborhood in Manchester, England, and, um, all the shenanigans that go on between the neighbors. And it's kind of just very real, real life. And it portrays some really good marriages and it's, um, it's kind of a a fun show as well. All right. So we're at about an hour here, so I'm going to wrap this up quickly. I just wanted to say that I, um, you know, I mentioned I had a birthday and the presents that my family gave me were all pampering things. So I got a gift card to a spa and I went and had a facial yesterday, which I highly recommend. And there was enough left on it. I'm going to do a 30 minute massage in a couple weeks. One of them got me a pedicure gift certificate. One of them, uh, my daughter got me, um, some like bath bombs that she very specifically picked out for me from Lush. And I did one of my a bubble bath yesterday. So, um, I, I just, I mentioned before, it's been kind of an overwhelming time for me with a lot of travel and a lot of work, and this... just taking some time for some self-care and pampering is exactly what I needed right now. And I just uh, highly recommend it with things like Mother's Day coming up. And I very much was said I don't want anything like physical for my birthday. Like I, I've got stuff. I'm trying to get rid of stuff. So I wanted some experiences. And um, I got to just say this, this spa in our town just did such a beautiful job of making it in the most relaxing rejuvenating like uh, hour of, of my week it was absolutely wonderful so make sure you take time for things like that Whatever that looks like for you. I know that's not everybody's deal, but it is mine. (laughs) All right. Thanks again for listening. I will try to get back here at a more reasonable time next time. Um, You can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Every Day, where I put complete show notes and links to all the things that I talk about on Instagram at Kristen Esser. And please consider joining the Simple Handmade Every Day private Facebook group to keep the conversation going. Have a wonderful week.